Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your host, Carrie Borkowski, and as I was preparing for today's podcast, I was thinking I'm kind of kicking it old school, (laughs) and what I mean by that is these solo sessions that I've been doing, these episodes, remind me of the first season um, when I, gosh, three years ago, I can't believe it, three years ago this month. I launched the podcast and really most of the first season, um, you know, into the spring of that year was me, um, you know, sharing with the audience, some stories, some research and ideas around belonging. And so for lots of reasons, um, that, that you'll sort of will be clearer, I guess, as we move through the spring, I decided to do a couple of those solo sessions, um, this January. Um, it's funny because I, I really loved doing these solo sessions when I began the podcast and I'm not going to say I don't love them anymore because I, I definitely like the opportunity to share some thoughts that I'm having. And, and as many of you probably know, um, you know, and have experienced when you have an opportunity to say things out loud and organize them, um, well, semi-organize them, I guess. It's it's interesting what you learn and sort of the realizations that you have. And so I love the solo work for all of those reasons. But what's different now is I also know what it's like to be in this podcast space with others. <laughs> and I've been so fortunate to interview so many amazing, kind, intelligent, insightful, thoughtful the list goes on individuals. And so sometimes when I do these solos, I kind of miss that because um, I think I've shared many times on the podcast that my core values are around authenticity, inclusivity, curiosity, and I recently added connection. And so, you know, making those connections and being in a space with others, being curious and um, just really lights me up. And so um, I will look forward to, uh, to reconnecting with with some guests soon. Um, and we have some great episodes coming up. Uh, Danielle Scarano is going to join us um, and a couple of others. I don't want to give too much away, but a couple of others will be joining us here um, in the month of February. And then, of course, we have uh, the, the podcast book clubs that will be happening in March and April, um, Well, where we will have a group, a small group talking about my book, Dancing with Discomfort, and then also Teaching to Transgress by Bell Hooks um, in April. So all of that will be coming up. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, if you listened last week, you know that I've been trying to share a little bit more about coaching, right? To sort of give you a peek inside of what coaching is all about. Because honestly, the, the, the sort of number one question I get from people that either listen to the pod, who have visited my website, or I'm meeting at some of the, um, you know, talks that I'm doing, um, they ask, but what is this coaching thing? You know, what is coaching? And in my own training as a coach, I recognize that 
Sometimes the only way to know what coaching is, well, is to experience it, right? Like that's probably fundamentally how I feel that you need to experience it. And yet there are many people out there and I I get it um, that are nervous, worried, fill in the blank how they're feeling about even experiencing coaching. So I think the second best way sometimes to experience it is to have a peek inside. So sometimes that takes a form of demonstrations in, in classes that I took. Um, the the co-instructors did great demonstrations that really let you see what a short session would look like. And coupled with that demonstration was a moment for us all to sort of be in that space and reflect on the session, which was really kind of cool because you got to sort of notice what the coach was trying, you know, what the coach was doing, how the client was feeling and sort of other learnings and noticings that you may have had as an observer. So either experiencing it, sort of just jumping in with both feet is certainly the best way to understand what coaching is, um, but also having an opportunity to do some observation. So what I've tried to do last week, um, you know, we talked a little bit last week um, about our own coaching that, you know, I'm convinced as the more that I coach and the more that I learn about coaching and from other coaches is everyone, if you're talking to yourself and I feel like most people are talking to yourself, um, you know, thoughts about a situation, whether it's a grocery list, you know, thoughts about work, thoughts about family, we're talking to ourselves. And so more and more, I'm convinced that we're already self-coaching. And as my wonderful friend, Jen Lara says, we're scoaching, right? So if you like that term, use it. Um, that's, that's her term that she loves. And so we're already doing self-coaching. And so what I tried to do with our episode last week is help us do some noticing around the type of coach we often are to ourselves um, and how we might hone our skills as self-coaches to be better with and to ourselves. Um, you know, we, we want to show up as our best self, you know, as a, as our person, but we also want to show up as our best coach to help that person be, be the, their best self, if that makes sense. And so I thought what I would try to do with this week's episode is continue in that sort of vein to try to give, um, my audience, you know, some more insights into coaching. And I thought, Uh, One of the best ways I could do that is share with you some of the, I don't know, some learning, some noticing, and even some of the aha moments I've had in my own coaching experiences. So I also just recently hired a coach um, to, I really wanted someone um, to help me process and think through and move through in a growth and positive way. And quite frankly, I needed a kick in the pants. Um, And I'll talk more about that in a moment. So I hired someone to work with me and we had our first session. um, I think it was last week now. And after the session, first of all, I know you've heard me say this before and it might feel sound hyperbolic to you, but we spent about 50 minutes together and I'm telling you that things that had been sort of rattling around in my brain became much clearer even after just 50 minutes of working with a coach. So 
the other thing that I want to say about coaching, and I really, really believe it, and it's based on my own firsthand experiences, coaching, good coaching, and good coaching means a good coach and a good client who's committed, both parties are committed, has immediate impact. Even if you only do a 30-minute session one time with a coach, I I can assure you with with almost 100% certainty that it's going to have some sort of impact. Even if you don't like it, I bet you ask yourself, why don't I like that? What about that bothered me so much? And what a cool question to be asking yourself and what a great thing to be even noticing that it bothered you. So coaching is is having a having a valuable and productive coaching session is not always about feeling awesome and great and lit up by a session. It might be that it created a rumble of frustration, a wondering, and then you need to work on interrogating that. What what's coming up for you? What's that about? So, all of that is to say that I thought, you know, in lieu of doing like an actual demonstration, I wanted to sort of share some insights and some experiences I had in my first 50 minute coaching session with my, um, my new coach. And so I, so what's really great (laughs) about coaching and what I love about coaching is, you know, you don't want to, the co-instructors from our classes always tell us like, you don't want to work too hard as a coach. Now, what does that mean? What that means is, remember that I talked last week about really listening and paying attention. And so as a coach, being in service of your client and being present and willing to be in that moment with your client or a group of individuals, it doesn't matter if it's one or you know 10 or 50 people, what that means is as you're listening, you're paying attention to what the client is saying and maybe you call them, I call them breadcrumbs. Um, You know, what are the breadcrumbs that your client has just dropped into this space and ask a question? And you don't have to have the canned questions ready. You really shouldn't have canned questions ready. You as a coach are also noticing what's coming up as you're hearing those breadcrumbs. What is your intuition telling you? And just ask. And in, you know, in those kinds of sessions where things are flowing, coaching should be easy, right? And you, it only gets easier, you know, the more you train, the more you practice, the more feedback you get, the harder you work, those sorts of things. So why am I sharing this with you? I'm sharing this with you because my coach, with just a simple question that I'm going to share with you and take you through it was able to begin a session and unpack and help me notice some really interesting things. So our session started and typically in coaching, um, you know, the coach will, and I do this as a coach when I'm coaching clients, you ask things like, you know, what's here for you or what do you need in this space for us to work together, right? So it might be, openness, grace, kindness. I, I To this coach, I said, I, I want a, you to hold me to account. Like I, I do want you to call my BS when I'm, you know, not being truthful or not being honest with myself. Um, that kick in the pants that I talked about earlier in the podcast. So we, we went through that and the coach asked me, you know, um, well, how, how are you this week? 
And I said, I'm well, thank you. And so I guess it was her second question. So her second question was, what's well about your life? And I paused. I think I paused first because she caught me off guard because I'm like, what do you mean what's well about my life? That's just, I'm well is just sort of the, the um, you know, highway hypnosis, if you've heard that term, right? Where you sort of, as you become a better driver, you're not, it's scary to say this, but like the reality is sometimes we're not paying as close attention to something as maybe we should. And so the sort of knee jerk highway hypnosis kind of response to how are you was I'm well, or I'm fine. I'm good. Right. And as a coach, she wanted to know what's well. And so I paused and, you know, we had met previously when we were trying to decide if we were going to work together. And I had said, you know, I just have some things that I've been thinking about professionally, mostly, um, and just would love an opportunity to process and work. So she had some sense of, of what my goals were. And so I started to share with her, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I've recommitted myself to exercising and, and eating well. And so I'm feeling, I'm feeling well physically. And then I started to say, but mentally I'm, you know, I'm a bit exhausted. I'm worn down. And I, and, and then I pause and I said, well, gosh, maybe you should ask me that question again. <laughs> so she asked me again and I was much more specific, which was, you know, physically I'm feeling really good, um, you know, exercising, etc. But like maybe mentally, emotionally, I can't remember exactly what I said it, uh, now, but like the point was I was able with just that one question, what is well for you? I was able to start discerning how I was really feeling, right? And we know from uh, Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart and Mark Brackett's work on emotional intelligence that it is often difficult for us to discern, right? Those emotions and how we are feeling or how we're um, reacting in a moment. Um, and so emotional intelligence and Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, is all about defining and discerning those different emotions. And so in that question, I was starting to discern what parts of me were feeling well and what part, parts of me were not unwell. I'm, I'm not unwell, but just, you know, not, you know, not um, just something else, right? And so the something else is what we dug into. And as, as the coach asked me other questions, I said, you know, I feel stuck, you know, and we talked about what's stuck and I got to a word that came up um, is swirling, right? I, I said to her, it feels like my brain is just swirling, right? And, she, and, you know, in very good coaching fashion, in what we call experience coaching, maybe it makes sense to have the, the client spend some time in that swirl. What does it feel like? What does it look like? You know, and I talked about, you know, feeling some confusion, um, not being some uncertainty about which direction to take. I have multiple choices to consider. And, you know, that's that's sort of the swirling. And, and as I reflected on the session, you know, I thought about that word stuck, 
right? And if you go to Webster, there's lots of different definitions of stuck. One of them is fixed, right? Unable to move. And that's kind of how I was feeling. And, you know, terms that come to mind are things like, um, you know, a mouse wheel. Um, and I think I said to my coach, I just don't feel like I'm making good progress or growth. Um, and again, if, if we think about the stuckness, it really is this idea, and I, and I did a little bit of reading about it, it really is partly this idea that we are repeating patterns, and these patterns could be emotions, thoughts, beliefs, whatever that pattern is. What the pattern is doing, it's fueling a story that we are telling, and it's reinforcing that that story is probably true. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, right? So this is a story we probably made up. So Brene Brown talks a lot about what's the story we're telling ourselves. And so if you think about the swirling that you might do around a decision you have to make, a moment that's going on, what's keeping you from moving, what's keeping you stuck might be the story that you're telling yourself. And what's happening is you're repeating these patterns, these feelings of worry, these feelings of fear, these feelings of uncertainty that are fueling this story that probably isn't true. So more to come on that. So so this is where I am. I'm swirling. I'm, you know, I didn't realize it at the moment, but looking back, yes, I was telling myself story and I'll, and I'll get into that in a second. The point I'm making here is that I was stuck right? I was in a swirl and I kept coming back to that word swirl. I just, that's what I was imagining. It just, you know, it was like balancing between mouse wheel and swirl. Just this idea that I wasn't going anywhere. I was moving a lot, right? I was sort of frantically moving a lot in my brain. I was tired. And for me, the kicker was I wasn't making any progress. So as a coach, so if we pause for a second and think about, so that's the client side, right? So I come to this session with this feeling of stuckness, this swirling. As a coach, you're listening and, you know, another question is going to come, right? And my coach, I think brilliantly looking back, and I learned so much from her session for multiple ways, both as a client and a coach, My coach asked me, what was a time you can remember that it was a good swirl? Or maybe she asked, maybe it was, has the swirl ever been good, right? So it was in that vein. And I paused and I had an aha moment, which was, you know what? Yeah, sometimes swirl is good. And I said that to her. I said, well, yeah, I definitely have. And she said, well, tell me about that time. And I shared with her that when you're, you know, and I was thinking of, um, you know, Brianne, who, of course, everybody knows, um, and a few others that I have done research with, and I can use Brianne as an example for sure. When Brianne and I embark on, you know, a writing, what a writing project, a manuscript, a research project, um, if we're thinking about a conference proposal, we have a process and I'm really happy to say, I'm proud to say that our process works really well. Accountability is key, by the way. Um, And in those early stages of the work, we definitely swirl. 
Um, and I think hopefully Brianne's listening and laughing. We definitely swirl. And it's a good swirl. It's not an exhausting, frustrating, not making any progress swirl. And so my coach asked, like, what is it about it that you that's positive? And immediately I said, well, it lights up one of my core values, which is which is connection. I am collaborating and connecting in with Brianne in a way to think about how we're going to approach whatever it is, whether it's a conference proposal, a manuscript, a podcast episode. And we're swirling because what I was what was resonating with me is that sometimes good swirling for me is an awesome brainstorming session. And anybody who knows me knows I love, 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 love a good brainstorming session. There's nothing exhausting, frustrating, anxiety um, inducing about a brainstorming session to me. And so, you know, my coach, of course, keyed in on that. And we started talking more about you know, well, what is it that's, that's, you know, hard about this current swirl? And I noticed two things that I mentioned, and I already mentioned one, one was I wasn't making any progress. So it, it didn't feel like I was productive, moving forward, generating good ideas. The other thing was, I felt isolated. And what I shared is that in my current role, the reality is some of what I'm sort of mulling over in my brain it's not always something I can share with my colleagues because there are boundaries in place appropriate boundaries that need to be in place and so what does that mean well remember one of my core values is around connection and so if I'm not able to light up one of those core values there in lies part of the issue of being stuck and in that swirl so as I said you know as a coach here again she's not giving advice She's not mentoring me. She's not sharing a story of one of her experiences where she felt exactly the same and what she did to move through it. She's listening. She's asking questions about when was the swirl? When do you remember the swirl ever being positive? You know, what is this swirl? Why don't you think this swirl is positive now? What's different about this swirl? And then we explored how it was feeling. And I already shared with you the frustration the being annoyed, throwing my hands up in the air. And then she asked questions like, you know, well, she wanted to know more about it. So contextually, so I described a bit of that. And then what it came down to without going into the details, what it partly came down to was, um, you know, how, how do I want to be professionally? How do I want to spend my days, right? So those kinds of questions. And we did a lot of talking about, you know, if, if I could sort of wave a magic wand, right? That's such a good coaching question. If you could wave a magic wand and forget all the worries and constraints, what would you, and then fill in the blank, whether it's what would you want to be? How would you want to show up? What would you want to do? How would you spend your days? Any, any of those kinds of questions, um, really can generate some great conversation. And, you know, at the end of the day, my coach took me through this whole exercise and essentially without giving one piece of advice, only through questions, she helped me to turn that swirl that was feeling stuck, exhausted, frustrating, 
into a productive brainstorming session. And I've been able to move forward. I've been able to come up with some ideas. I've been able to come up with some alternative ideas. And so again, just through a set of powerful questions and really good listening and a willingness to stay and be quiet and present for your client, I was able to notice that it was a swirl because trust me, prior to that coaching session, I felt like I was stuck but I, but I just couldn't move. I was, I couldn't move. I could not move forward. So I noticed the swirling. I described it. And not only did I describe the current swirling, but my coach was able to give me a perspective on the swirl when it's good, which was, I mean, really, really cool. I named it, right? I noticed it. I named it for what it was. And then I started to navigate it. We dove into it. We explored it. She asked tons and tons of questions. So she asked things like she asked me about things like, you know, what do you want this to look like? How do you want to spend your time? What's important here? How are you ignoring your values? What is a next step? And we talked about that in the podcast last week. What have you tried that has worked? Right. So that's a little bit of appreciative inquiry, thinking about other moments where maybe this swirl has crept crept up and what strategies you used. What might you do differently this time? That gets into that magic wand. Like how would you want to show up differently? What's a strategy you've never tried that you want to try? And then as we started to wrap up, you know, which I love in coaching. Um, there's a sometimes a reflective element to the session, which is what have you learned just from being a part of this session? Um, and she asked, which I just loved, um, how is the swirl feeling now? And I honestly was able to say, and I'm not kidding because I want everybody to engage in coaching. Honestly, as the client, the swirling had calmed. I was, it was quieting the noise of that pattern was quieting. And I think the reason, one of the many reasons that it was quieting was one, we were able through a series of questions to start, you know, move in and through that swirl. And it's no surprise, you know, that in, I, you know, I, I wrote the book about transit transitions and discomfort. So transitions are often uncomfortable and stressful. They sometimes generate the swirl. Sometimes the transition is the swirl. For me, at least, I don't know if that word resonates with you. What's interesting is in my book, and part of the title is Dancing with Discomfort. And I was really intentional about the idea of dancing with discomfort. And this goes back to, I think, is connected to my coaching session. And for me, this metaphor is inviting the discomfort to dance. I am inviting this discomfort. I'm not, it's not, you know, um, dancing for discomfort. It's not dancing um, in discomfort. It's dancing with the discomfort. So learning the, the name of this so-called dance partner or partners and dancing or navigating and engaging with the discomfort. And look, 
you know, some of you might be thinking literally about dancing and that's awesome because I think music and dance and movement definitely, I know Lisa Cerise out there would, would believe that that is absolutely a way to manage some of the feelings about transition. And I know the Nagoski sisters have already written, have written a lot about that as well in terms of the importance of movement. I will say though, also that the dancing refers to the different strategies that you might try. Maybe the dance that you're doing right now, right? The mouse wheel that I described earlier, it's not working for me. Maybe it worked at one point. I, I don't know. That It's hard for me to imagine that a, a mouse wheel might work, but maybe there's a strategy. Maybe there's a dance. Like mm, you're testing my, my knowledge of dance, but you know, maybe for a while, um, oh gosh, I'm going to date myself. Break dancing in the eighties was working for you. Maybe it was a great strategy for those, you know, those moments of discomfort and anxiety. And maybe, maybe not so much now, maybe through coaching, you realize that dancing with discomfort now means I got to try a little salsa, right? I got to try something different. Either it's worked for me in the past, or it's really something that I want to try that I've never tried before. So not to take this metaphor too, too far, literally, the whole idea is dan in dancing with discomfort is moving from the, the, the stuck, right? And gliding towards the unstuck. And I, again, am a firm believer that sometimes, many times, the way to getting unstuck is, you know, working with a coach, talking with a friend, just noticing the stuckness. And I will tell you the other thing that I learned in this session, and my coach shared the quote with me, and she also shared with me that it was not her quote, um, that it came from somebody else. But remember what I talked about earlier about the swirling. So the swirling in a lot of ways is related to repeating patterns, right? And those patterns could be thoughts, beliefs, emotions that fuel the story we made up. And during the coaching session, I, I said to my coach, um, I'm just so curious as to why, you know, I was stuck, like what was getting in my way? And then so she, like in good coaching fashion, she said, well, what do you think was getting in your way? And I said, she said, what's the worst thing that could happen with everything we've just talked about? And I think I said something like, they don't like, they won't like the ideas. They won't like the ideas. They won't adopt what I'm recommending. So it's fear and worry and uncertainty. And so this goes back to this notion of the story that we're telling yourself and the quote that she shared with me again that was shared with her by another coach she said it sounds like you're living in the wreckage of the future i'm going to say that again you're living in the wreckage of the future which in my view is another way to talk about and ask what's the story you're telling yourself and she asked me, what do you think the impact of living in the wreckage of the future is? And I said to her, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I spend all my time and energy and reflection in the wreckage that might or could happen, 
I'm not spending any time preparing for the pitch or the role or the event or the connection or the presentation. And it is going to turn out not so good. They might not like it. They might not understand it. It might, I might not perform well because I'm focusing all my time and energy on the wreckage instead of a question I love in coaching. What possibilities are you seeing? Mm. What possibilities are you seeing? So the swirling is the pattern. The swirling could be the story that you're telling yourself. The swirling could be the living in the wreckage of the future. And so what I was asked and what I would ask you is what are the possibilities in this swirling? What are the possibilities in this swirling? And what do you need to get unstuck? So, you know, the, pu- the purpose of this podcast episode was to hopefully provide some additional insights to our listeners, my listeners, to coaching. Because I really, I really want to get the word out um, about coaching. And whether you spend, you know, a couple of 30-minute sessions, 45-minute sessions, attend group sessions, I promise you that there'll be some impact. And so I hope after listening this to this episode and hearing a little bit about my experiences, maybe you'll give it a try. What's the worst thing that could happen? Better yet, what are the possibilities? So to get unstuck, we need to break our patterns. We need to notice and name those patterns. We need to claim the space that we're in, claim the moment and the action, and choose our dance. What is the strategy or strategies we're going to embark on with our coach, with our colleagues, with our friends, by ourselves? What are you going to do differently? How do you want to dance with your discomfort? What are the possibilities when we choose to dance with the discomfort, move with the discomfort, move through the discomfort, and then reflect on that discomfort? What are the possibilities? So I hope this week you'll pay attention to some of your own patterns, the stories that you're telling yourself, maybe noticing how maybe you're not living in the wreckage of the future, but maybe you're worried about the wreckage of the future and try to notice what impact that's having on you and use that inner coach that we talked about last week and ask yourself, what are my possibilities? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for indulging me in this solo episode. I look forward to hearing from folks and um, please keep the coaching questions coming. I've enjoyed Um, hearing from listeners and 
If we get enough questions, I've been thinking about perhaps doing an episode where we're just um, answering listener questions, which would be kind of fun. So keep those questions coming. Please um, be well, take care of yourself. Um, and I don't know, what are the possibilities? All right, everybody, this has been another episode of Tell Me This. I am your host, Carrie Borkowski. Take care. Your last year